Tyler. Hello. Do you remember those Jack Ryan movies or Jack Reacher movies, not Jack Ryan? I do. With the infamous Tom Cruise? Yes. So Amazon is making a TV show of that, which I want to say we talked about this at some point. Yeah. Um, Hoping that they they would take all the Tom Clancy properties because they did so good with Jack Ryan. Yeah. Well, this isn't um, Tom Clancy. I thought Jack Reacher was Tom Clancy. No, no, it's someone else, but it's oh. it, a kind of similar style. Well, now I sound like a complete idiot. Yeah. Jeez. And in <laughs> your cart at the door. Um, but they, uh, they casted uh, Jack Reacher, um, which is Alan Richeson. I probably butchered that, but. Yeah, Thad. Yeah. And also from Titans. Mm-hmm. So he's going to play the the lead, and I think that's cool, because I think he's totally underrated. Yeah, he really is. I feel like he, like, I wasn't a massive, massive fan of Blue Mountain State, but it was enjoyable, and I did end yeah. up, like, watching all of it, but I definitely felt after that series had ended, it was, like, great. This, this poor guy, like, he's probably a, a really good actor, but he's going to be typecast as, as yeah. Thad for... God knows how long, and like really, the only thing I've really seen him act like well in after that was when he joined on the Titans series. I mean, I'm, I know he's done movies, and I've seen him in like other things prior to that. But like my only like normal like or recurring exposure to him was on Titans after Blue Mountain State. Yeah, and I'm just I pulled up his IMDb. He was in some of the Hunger Games movies, which I. That's how I memorable don't re- he was. Yeah, like I, I don't remember that at all. And I, I, I've seen all those movies. I think they're pretty good. I don't remember him at all. Um, so, but yeah, and he was also Smallville, right? Yes, yes, he was. Yeah. Um, I do remember his one-off role in uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine as Young Scully. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Side note, I love Hitchcock and Scully. Oh, me too. I think they're the greatest characters of that show. Um, but yeah, he's going to play Jack Reacher. Yeah, I'm, I'm on board with that. I, I think he is a, a, a good actor that yeah. just unfortunately was like a victim of circumstance based on like previous bodies of work. So I think, I, I genuinely believe he's going to do a solid job out of this. Yeah, me too. And, uh, I think if they, I think we talked about this when this first got announced at Amazon, but if they kind of d- do similar to like that Jack Ryan series, except it's Jack Reacher, um, I think the show will be good. So, mm-hmm. so I'm on board. Like that's, yeah, I think this is cool. Yeah. All for it. Yeah. Can't wait. Yeah. And Amazon's really been killing it with their fucking their own line of originals lately like yeah they have they've been uh like there's not a lot of them but um but they're all done exceptionally well yeah that's the thing is like there it's not like the amount netflix has but what they do almost always is super solid yeah so yeah i don't i don't know when this will actually be done or whatnot i mean 
I think this is still fairly early, but I also feel like Amazon's got a really good turnaround time. So Yeah, hopefully. But yeah. Nothing's worse than hearing like new movie or television news and you get all hyped for it and then it's like, oh cool, coming out sometime in the next like two to three years. Yeah. Yeah, that's never that's never fun. So no. but yeah, it's just one of the one more thing Amazon's got in the pipeline, which they've actually thinking back on kind of the weeks we've talked about it, they've got a handful of projects in the pipeline that I'm excited for, so Yeah, like I said, Amazon really like they're stepping their game up and killing it. Yep. Like like you said, Netflix definitely has more, but honestly, if I was to think of like my favorite original TV series, I feel like more of them that I like genuinely like and enjoy and can't wait to see the next seasons of come from Amazon as opposed to Netflix. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that way too. I mean, I'm trying to think of the last Netflix series that I was like, oh my God, I can't wait for the new season. And it's been a real long time. So well, the, the last one for me was the one that just got canceled that we talked about last week that now I can't remember the name of. Uh, the one that you're really excited about for a new season and turns out you're not going to get a new season. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember what it was called either. So. In other news, Ridley Scott says new alien film is coming but it won't be in that Prometheus kind of world. So Yeah, I, I see that. So like, if it's not going to be in the Prometheus world, which like, Alien like, Prometheus was yeah, like a super early prequel to it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I, I take that as work. like, if, if that's not in the Prometheus world, then the new Alien movie isn't in the Alien world. Well, so I think what he means is like it's not maybe going to be following the events of Prometheus. Yeah, like a, that's what I think it is. Because um, he kind of talks in this article, he was like kind of what Covenant and Prometheus did was like kind of went, okay, like what 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 were these aliens, right? Like where did they come from? What were they kind of thing? Like the, that's kind of what those movies were about versus like, you know, it's just alien. So... I wonder yeah, if he's going back enough. to what, like, the original aliens were? Like, something in that vein? Or not? I don't well, know. It doesn't look like it's a complete, total reboot. No. No, like, it's taking place somewhere in, I guess, the alien timeline. But, yeah, I don't know. I I thought he would have stuck with that for me, like, Prometheus and Covenant kind of stuff because I know I liked them but maybe I I don't know how well received they were maybe people didn't like it I think Prometheus was well received but I don't think like Alien Covenant and I remember everyone shitting all over Resurrection oh yeah right like if you talk to like the diehard like alien fans oh yeah, yeah they'll all tell you like alien the original was like the best and then it just gets shitty yeah. from there with like prometheus being not a real alien movie but yeah. being good and then again everything else after that total trash so yeah and maybe that's why 
I quite liked those movies is because I, I almost watched them thinking that they weren't it, like alien movies, that they were just kind of their own thing. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of how I viewed those. Is I was like, oh, this isn't an aliens movie. Um, it's just their their own thing, I guess. But yeah, which I could see if you're a diehard fan and you're just like, what the fuck is this? Like, get out of here. Like, I could yeah for sure. That. But, but yeah, I thought this was interesting because yeah, I thought a I didn't think that they would actually be going back to aliens. I thought it was kind of done after that last one they did. And yeah, so did him, I. For him to kind of say, no, we're actually going to open up this can of worms again, and but go in a, a new direction again, you know. I just kind of found it interesting that I was like, all right, they're doing another one, and they're doing another di- different direction. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that one comes out. I can't yeah. say, like, this is, like, super... Super amazing! I'm excited and can't wait. News, but I yeah. mean, no, I'm the same way. It's just, as someone who liked those, that Prometheus and that that other one, I I, I don't know. I was like, I kind of wouldn't would have minded like seeing something else in that kind of vein, but because I was mm-hmm. never a huge hardcore original Aliens fan fanboy, yeah. I guess. Like I I enjoyed them; they're classics, but yeah. Not really much to this one other than that. No, I'm more so curious to hear how your feelings are about the Oscars' new diversity requirements. Yeah. Yeah, so they announced starting in, what is it, 2024. Yeah. Uh, What is it? They got four criteria, and you got to meet two to be nominated. And what are they? Okay. Uh, so the first criteria is you have to have at least one lead character or significant supporting character from an underrepresented racial or ethnic group. At least 30% of the secondary roles must be from two underrepresented groups or the main storyline, like theme narrative, has to be focused on that. And then there's a bunch of other ones, so there's three more, and it's kind of the same as that, but one of them is, like, the background, and, like, one has to do with internships and, like, the background people working on the movie. Yeah, crew members have to be from underrepresented racial or ethnic groups. Yeah. Yeah, so it's... Yeah. I don't know what the fuck to think about this. Okay, well, I'll be completely honest with my thoughts, which I'm sure most a lot of people probably won't be happy with, but I think this is stupid. Yeah, and that's kind of what I'm leaning towards, too. Like, I don't... Like, films to me are... I don't know, they're escape, they're entertainment, they're, like, you know, the world and the lives that I would like to live but never could, and I get to see that play out right before my eyes. All the things that I wish and dream and think and hope about that just aren't my reality. And... I'm all for like bringing more inclusion and trying to get like underrepresented, unrepresented racial and ethnic groups like to be more active and more involved. But like at the same time to be to have them sit there and go, okay, well, you can't qualify for best picture unless you have these things. I I don't think that's necessarily right because I mean, 
Like, yeah. If you have a if you have a story that's centered around, you know, I don't know, like an old European story of like you know London in the '60s and stuff like that. Like you're not gonna like it. Just feels like we're gonna start seeing a lot of movies that want to qualify that are just gonna like shove this right down our throats and yeah. throw it into movies where it doesn't make sense. Like I'm thinking like historical time pieces. Yeah. Like those types of movies where like all of a sudden you're going to have stuff and it's just going to be historically inaccurate just so that these people can qualify for a best picture. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Like I I truly think and like honestly I feel like the Oscars have becoming less and less important with each passing year. Yeah. And I feel like once they go to force this, it's just going to it almost be the nail in the coffin, I bet. Yeah. Like yeah, cuz yeah, I even given a shit about Oscars in in years. Yeah. Ever since I started like going through and watching a bunch of the movies that were, you know, nominated for like best picture or best cast or whatever, and I'm watching these movies and I'm going, who in the fuck voted for this? Like, yeah, they were small, limited release. They didn't really make any money. They weren't like critically hailed as like masterpieces, but somehow they're a best picture nom. Yeah. And I think. Yeah, like, I think I agree. Like, I, I don't think this is a good idea because I think what this does is it forces the inclusion just to force it, which, like, to me, like, I don't know. Like, it's just saying you've got to do it, right? Instead of doing it for the right reasons, right? If that makes any sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I um, completely agree. You're going to start getting them that are, like, forcing this stuff and yeah like, and forcing narratives and and things along those lines just so they can be included instead of you know writing yeah. stories that they were passionate about that do include this stuff you're going to have the companies that like don't care yeah and are just forcing it in there because they want a nomination so like yeah you're going to increase diversity in the film industry but you're doing it under like i don't know false pretenses and you're yeah. going to have studios and filmmakers and stuff do it for the wrong reasons. And I feel like that's going to yeah. cause a lot of films to come off as not genuine. Yeah. And like when I think about this, I think of like um, 12 Years a Slave, right? Like that was an amazing movie and it told this amazing story. Um, it was awesome, right? You know, and it wasn't because someone told them they had to do that, right? You know, it was just this great historical story. And it had a great message to it, right? Mm-hmm. And so now I feel like you're, instead of getting that, you're just going to get forced, right? So it's like, here's this, like, kind of whitewashed thing um, versus, like, a naturally good story, maybe. And I could be totally out to lunch with this. Like, what the fuck do I know? Um, nothing about this stuff, but... And that's and <laughs> I've I've preached it before, and I've said it many a times, like... I'm a firm believer because like, I mean, like where we live, like I'm, I'm sure there's like some racially uh, charged things that happen, but I mean, it's yeah. nowhere on the level of like certain parts of the States, right? Yeah, exactly. Like it's, it's not nearly as big as a problem up here in Canada as it is down in the U.S. Like I feel like, you know, Canada oh, yeah. being the cultural melting pot is a pretty genuine thing. Yeah. Like I feel like if we lived down in the States, you know, we might have different views on this story, right? Yeah, for sure. But like my my ongoing theory, a theory, but belief has always been that you hire or you choose 
the right person for the right job that yeah, like me too. your yeah. gender or your racial background yeah, like none of that matter. stuff yeah, yeah none of that stuff should matter it should be the right person for the right mm -hmm. job so i wonder how many of these movies are going to happen now and you're going to have people hired strictly because of the color of their skin so i'll i'll tell you what what realistically these rules mean and what's going to happen is you got to meet two out of the four of these right and so the third one and the fourth one is marketing and paid internships. Those are the two that's going to be met for everything, I bet. You think so? I, I bet that first category, like, that's not what I, I like. And this is my a totally jaded view of it. But, like, I bet, like, that first category, which is, like, arguably the one that, you know, would have this right where it's focused on hey this is the story representing these people or the the people acting in it like i bet you that's not the standard that gets met i bet you it's all the other ones that happen in the background oh probably right like and so that's like the other part about this is some people getting mad um about this it seems like some people are like oh at least they're doing something and some people are just like this is fucking stupid um, so it seems like a few people, but like, I want to say one person said like, okay, yeah, you made the rules, but kind of said exactly what I did. Like <laughs> the rules don't mean shit if, you know, it doesn't yeah. get across the message on what you're trying to do, I guess. But yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, I think you're, you're totally hit the nail on the head there with, it's just going to be a bunch of like workers and background people yep. and stuff. And it's not yep. even going to. No. Yeah, these are, and you know full well that they, you know, when they were like, let's come up with a list of rules to include yeah. more people, they were like, shit, if we make this the rule, we're not going to have like a whole bunch of movies flooding. There's not going to, yeah, there's not going to be a best picture anymore. Yeah, so right. we'll make these other rules so that people can kind of like, it's like they built in a loophole knowing full well how this is going to fucking pan out. Yeah, it's is like how I did. feel about it feels like they did the bare minimum to try to appease everyone or it's like hey look look we made these rules um so we can get all these groups that are underrepresented happy with us but at the same time we totally made it so you maybe you don't have to it, it, do what those people want you to do right mm -hmm. um and like i said that's just this is all just me talking out of my ass because i don't i'm not one of these underrepresented groups um but but yeah, like I, eh, I don't like this because, like, like you said, the right people for the right job, right? Yeah, and like I don't know, like I've I've had conversations with friends where they disagree with me on that, where they're like, "No, yeah. we need more inclusion. We need more inclusion." And like my argument's always been like, if you you know have one guy, like you know you're at a law firm and you have two applicants and you know one graduated from Harvard Law magna cum laude top of his class you know volunteered every summer at law firms so he's got a ton of experience and then your other candidate went to a community college doesn't have the experience doesn't have the same high level of education but is black like from a business perspective like that doesn't make sense that you would hire that person like it shouldn't have anything to do with the color of your skin you shouldn't be hiring this guy strictly because he's black, you should hire whoever has the better qualifications. Yeah. Yeah. But, and that's, but that's because like I'm we're part of that generation where like yeah. race isn't really it's not a thing for us. Like yeah, that, that is true. Like like, you know, black, white, Asian, Mexican, like East Indian, like it, to me it doesn't matter. It's like 
who you are and what you bring to the table is what matter, not your background. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. And like, yeah, like, like I think, yeah, I'm just like, cause I think like inclusion, like there is some good stuff that comes from it, but I like, I'm also not a, like you, like it's, I don't think you should pass off on the best person for the job because of that shit. Um, but having people from different groups to give different perspectives on like a project, I think lots of good stuff comes from that. But yeah, it's yeah for sure. Yeah, it's yeah. I feel like this is. Uh, I feel like the I don't know. The academy, I don't think, was competent with this stuff beforehand, and them doing this I, like i don't think they're competent enough to to make these work now um so yeah no be... is, we we live in wild times right now and it's to the point where like everybody is so scared of cancel culture that everyone is just like pandering now yeah yeah it's yeah and it's like like it's like we've said like we don't deal with this shit right so it's super easy for us to just be like yeah no it's not really an issue where we are or whatever when it's just because we're not dealing with it right but yeah I don't yeah. know I'll be curious um, how this looks practically in 2024 yeah I mean it, we do got four years to go I mean I, th I think it was very opti optimistic of the Oscars to assume that there's going to be a 2024 Oscar ceremony, because um, I honestly kind of thought that show wouldn't be a show by then. But yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, Hollywood, weird. Yeah, super weird. Yeah. So, remember that Fresh Prince reboot? Mm -hmm. And we were talking about maybe where it would end up. NBC. Yeah. Yeah. Their Peacock streaming service. Which. That's not where I thought it was going to go. And that's not where I want it to go. No. I, I feel like. I mean, it says they picked it up for two seasons, but. Yeah. That show's dead in the water after two seasons. Yeah. Especially them saying it's straight on their Peacock service. That's, uh, yeah, that's not going to bode well for this show, yeah. unfortunately. Bad call, Will Smith. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's not, I don't, mind you, I don't think anything should be on the Peacock service, but, um, this especially, especially given, mind you, I don't know if Peacock is doing some darker stuff. I don't know. I haven't really looked at like I don't even know what's on their like what's on their service exclusively. No, me neither. But I mean, I feel like a show like this where you want not just like, you know, a one-off one or two seasons kind of thing where you actually are hoping for sustained success and like turn it into a full-run series. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, like Peacock must have offered the most money, otherwise I can't see why they would have settled to go with to go with NBC like it doesn't make any sense that's what I'm thinking is like 
all the networks had dump trucks full of money outside Will Smith's his house, and Peacock had the biggest one, I'm guessing. So they backed it up and poured it, and he went, okay. Well, that and, like, NBC is known to, like, you have, you know, your typical showrunners for a show, and NBC is known to be like, no, we personally don't like the way this is going. We're going to bring in different guys to run this show. Yeah, which... Like, there's a time and a place for that, but they do it way more often than you should. Yeah, well, I mean, just look what they did to Community. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like, they ruined that entire fourth season and, like, almost wrecked every season afterwards if it weren't for, like, the huge public outcry. Yeah, that is like, true. They're very hands-on with, you mm-hmm. know, and, and, and understandable to an extent. I mean, like, if yeah. you're shelling out this kind of money, you want to be involved with it because you want to return on your investment. Yeah, for sure. But I, I feel like this show and um, that guy Morgan Cooper who like made the initial trailer and is going to be like directing and co-writing this. Yeah. Like, I feel like NBC is going to have too many show notes and like his, I, I just firmly believe his vision is going to get blurred pretty hard here so that NBC can like, you know, they have their like cookie cutter template for what they feel like is successful television and I just don't think that their vision and and uh, Cooper's vision is gonna dri- is gonna jive very well. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with that. I think. And like to be honest, I totally thought this was gonna end up somewhere under the VWB house, and I totally thought it would end up on CW. To be honest, but well, I was secretly hoping that it ended up on HBO Max. Yeah. And I think that was when we originally talked about it. I think we said that was probably going to be um, likely because like HBO Max has that Fresh Prince of Bill Air reunion special, right? Mm-hmm. So like it, it totally would make sense for them to be like, oh, yeah, we have the reunion special and this reimagining. Um, well, and I, I, I love and applaud HBO's approach to their television where they're like, hey, we like this idea. Here's the money. We're going to leave it all up to you. We're going to be completely hands-off. You have total creative freedom. And if you're good, then the show will be successful and we'll keep funding you. Yeah, and if it's and not, if it's we'll... not, then we're going to end it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I, like it's, I... it's a free market network is really what it is. Yeah, it is. Um, which I think... Look at HBO's track record. It's obviously worked. Um, because I, like, they're arguably the greatest content creator, like, TV-wise. Um, oh, without a doubt. So, yeah. Um, yeah, this is, this one, I, I didn't think this would end up at Peacock, and I, I think this, I, I honestly think this show just died before it even got life. Yeah, I feel like it's not, it's not, like, I honestly... Like, they signed up for two seasons, but that doesn't mean that they're actually going to film a full second season. Like, if that first season doesn't perform well enough on their streaming service, they'll pay out for the second season, but that they won't necessarily actually film it. Yeah. and right? like, So this, this could be over in one season. Yeah, and, like, regardless of the quality, like, you need people to watch it, and, like, how many people are actually fucking subscribing to Peacock? I don't know a single person who's subscribed to Peacock. And as exactly. a matter of fact, aside from you, 
none of my friends or family members even know that NBC has their own streaming service. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, you know, it could be, it could be the greatest show ever. And, you know, NBC could just like give them money and say, do your thing. Um, and it could be like the greatest show ever, but that doesn't mean shit if no one's watching it. Right. So. Yep. And I feel like no one's watching Peacock. So I'm certainly not. I haven't no. like, like I said, like I don't even, I said earlier, I don't know what their exclusive Peacock streaming series are because Peacock has not interested me to the point where I'd even bother to look. I don't even think they have any to be honest. I think I, I, I genuinely think that the only reason Peacock came into existence is they saw how extremely popular some of their like past shows like The Office and 30 Rock and and uh like I think Friends aired on NBC or was that uh, ABC? No, I, to, I know it's not an NBC show, this. but I yeah, I feel uh, like it's we, NBC. Yeah, it was NBC. Yeah, so like they're making boatloads of money optioning those shows out to other streaming services. So I imagine they're probably like, oh look, like look how much money we can make. There's such a high demand. People want to watch you know, Friends and 30 Rock and everybody loves The Office instead of, you know, taking one-time dump truck payments of cash. Let's start our own streaming service and everyone who wants to watch The Office, they're all going to come to our streaming service. Yeah, exactly. And I'm I'm just trying to look up now if Peacock actually has like an original Peacock show on it yet, and I don't think they do. Well, and like the... I, I'm pretty damn confident that the only reason that like the office and 30 rock have as many views and stuff as they do is because they're on netflix like i yeah. feel like once they yeah. pull those off and like parks and rec yep community once once they go okay we have our own streaming service we're pulling this off netflix we're pulling this off amazon you have to come to us now for this original content i don't think like, I love The Office, and I've I've rewatched like that whole series multiple times. Like it's one of my favorite background shows to have on while I'm doing other yep. things and don't need to mm-hmm. focus. But like, if it leaves Netflix and goes exclusively to NBC's Peacock, I'm not paying for Peacock so that I can put that show on in the background. I've seen it all. Yeah, and I feel like those shows, um, being on Netflix didn't actually get people to subscribe to Netflix. I feel like those shows were uh, like just a really good value add-on if you already had Netflix. Yeah, it was just I totally like, agree. Um, I've watched all the Netflix original stuff. I've got no qualms about having my Netflix. And then you're just like, oh, and they got Friends and The Office, so I can just throw this on. But I don't think anyone was paying for Netflix specifically for those shows. So I don't think that that argument doesn't work, you know, with Peacock, right? If If what I'm saying is is what people think yeah um which who knows um but like i honestly don't think people paid a netflix subscription to get that i think they went oh it's just cool that they have this so i'll watch it so i don't think people are actually going to pay peacock to watch it yeah i don't think so either i think that they should have just kept accepting money to optioning out their their properties i think this is a bad business move for them and i feel like it'll They'll keep dumping money into it for a couple of years, thinking like, oh, we'll just, you know, we need some more original shows. That'll get the audience to subscribe. And it's just not going to happen. And I feel like we're going to see a lot of potentially great shows like The Fresh Prince 
fall by the wayside as they try to figure their shit out before they finally realize that they're far too late in the game. Yeah. Or, you know, and I don't think this is what's going to happen, but, you know, the flip side is maybe this is the show that sets Peacock on the map for people. Um, but I, I don't mm-hmm. think that's the case. I don't um, think it is either. No, like, I mean, like, the, that's the think, ideal situation is like this reboot is so amazing. People are like, oh my God, you gotta, you gotta get this Peacock subscription to see this show. Um, but I just don't think that's going to be the case. No, you need others to back it up. Like, if you look at like probably at the moment, the most popular original streaming service show, The Boys, like massive popularity. Yeah. I don't think half of those viewers would be there if. Amazon only had the boys. No, no, they're going there because you're getting the other stuff. You're getting your Jack Ryan's and your, you know, your Treadstone, your Hannah, your yeah. the Hunters. Like, yeah, yeah, you're you're getting all those as a yeah. package. You're getting a bunch of good shit. Um, you know, the boys might get some people to subscribe to that service. Um, but you know, they're not coming just for that show i i know I, I don't at least i don't think maybe who knows um i i have my doubts there's only one show that would ever drive me to subscribe to a streaming service just based on one show and that did happen and that was boy meets world on disney plus yes fair enough hey maybe there's maybe the boys is like that for some people who knows maybe but but you get so much more with Prime, right? Because to get Prime yeah. Video, you get a Prime membership. And yeah, the benefits are staggering, right? So like a lot of the viewership and people are like, oh, you know, with my Prime membership, which is what I do want, I just happen to get this streaming service too, which has yeah. some pretty solid shows on it. Yeah, I bet there's actually not a whole lot of people that that just have a Prime Video subscription. No. So. And I, I bet if you take that away, if you go, okay, look, you're a Prime member, but you don't get Prime Video anymore, you have to pay for it. And they removed all of those great originals, and it was just like older TV shows and The Boys. I don't think that The Boys would be enough of a draw for people to be shelling out for Prime Video on its own without anything else. No, I don't think so either. Um, with what they have now, I think it's totally worth it. But Oh, absolutely. But we're yeah. talking about like having one good original series, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So. Fucking Peacock. Fucking Peacock. Why is it a thing? It should go die. Well, but, they're all doing it now. Because they yeah. all want a piece of that stream pie. I know. What I want a piece of is fucking Fast and the Furious in space. We've talked about this before. We have, yeah. But it now seems like some more cast members are talking about it and almost all but confirming it. So, yeah, it's oh my god, I don't even know how to how to feel about this. I'm so fucking on board for this because I love how fucking stupid dumb those movies are. Um, so them going to space is like me like fuck sign me up. I don't like how do they like are they going to be like racing fucking star cruisers now like. I don't know. In this article, it's got a screenshot of uh, the new trailer where they have that rocket strapped to a Pontiac Fiero, and I'm envisioning just a bunch of fucking Fast and the Furious cars with a fucking rocket strapped to them 
And that's how I envision it. And that sounds fucking ridiculous. But I kind of want to see it. Oh, it's going to be such a train wreck. <laughs> it is. It's going mean... to be a hot mess of fucking garbage. But I'll tell you one thing. I bet it's going to be a good time. Oh, probably. I mean, <laughs> they're they're just fucking sheer stupid entertainment films at this point, 110%. And I mean, it's not unrealistic to think that they would or could, you know, have some sort of story or plot line that they end up, you know, at the space station or they have to go to space and like go into a rocket ship and bring it back to yeah. Earth or something. I mean, like, for fuck's sakes, they jumped a goddamn vehicle from one building to another in Dubai. Like, the realm of realism yeah. is like so far removed. Yeah. Oh, it, it has been this franchise. For, it has been for so long, right? Um, yeah. Like I'm, I'm more curious on like the the absolute loosest fucking writing of how they're going to explain that they're going to space. Like, there's got to be some sort of like somewhat of a fucking explanation, and I so want to know what the fuck the writers come up with on like, or do they even explain it? Yeah, and. It, which obviously is like this is like because I'm reading like this was supposed to hit theaters in May, so like this film is pretty much done. Well, the, the most recent one, so Fast Nine was so this this would be Fast Ten. No, it's saying Fast Nine. F, Fast Nine was the, supposed to, was supposed to hit theaters in May, but yeah. they delayed it in a full year. It certainly seems like the movie will be worth the wait because Michelle Rodriguez, who plays Letty, says, "Yep." The next one's going to Mother F in space. So it sounds like they're talking about nine. See, I read that and I think she, I take that as her meaning like 10 is going to space. Man, now if they go to space and member has weighed in and confirmed that next year's F9 is going where no fast film has gone before. Michelle Rodriguez says it's beyond Earth's atmosphere. Oh, next year's F9. So fast nine, the next one that's coming out oh, is shit. going to space. So, okay, so that screenshot of the Pontiac Fear with a rocket on it, I bet that thing gets shot into the atmosphere. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, I totally thought, like, this was, like, Fast 10 is going to have, like, a good chunk of it in space, but now I'm reading this going, I bet there's just, in Fast 9, a car will be in space. <laughs> oh, fuck. Okay, oh, fuck, sure. And it'll be something ridiculous, like they end up in space, they bail out, and he's in some kind of special suit and goes all the way back into Earth's atmosphere and pulls a parachute and lands on the ground. Oh, probably. I mean, I'm remembering back to that trailer when fucking Vin Diesel hits that rope bridge in a very Ugh. specific way and then uses Wings that to rope to catapult across a fucking canyon. And it's just yeah. like... Yeah. Okay, so... I bet that Fiero is going to space. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, man. Oh, God. I mean, yeah, it's going to be garbage. Um, but when I watched that trailer, I was like, that looks like a fucking great time to just turn off your brain and, like, shove popcorn in your face. But. Well, yeah. fair enough. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'll, I'll hold my judgment until it actually comes out. But I mean, I feel like it's pretty obvious this is going to be a fucking dumpster fire. A fun dumpster oh, yeah. fire, but a oh, dumpster yeah. fire. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of been what these movies have been for so long. It's just dumpster fires, um, but ones that you kind of want to watch burn because they're that good. So, yeah. 
so in other news, so I I think I've talked about this numerous times. Uh, that amazing tech they use on like the Mandalorian and stuff. Yeah. Um. So Thor: Love and Thunder, um, is going to use that tech as well, and that's kind of all the story is. And I'm just I'm happy because I I want more, um, shows and movies to use that tech because I think it's really good and it fucking cuts the turnaround time like substantially to the point of like probably half I would imagine and it looks real really? good so yeah because like you think of it you don't you don't have any green screen editing or anything like that it yeah. is you're literally taking assets from unreal engine which means you can reuse assets right yeah yeah so if that's all you're doing you're not spending weeks editing green screen footage right so your turnaround time is fucking ridiculously quicker. So that's fair. You you know what has me most excited about Love and Thunder? Taika Watiti. I'm so fucking pumped that he's the one who's helming this. Yeah, yeah, he because did a really Ragnarok good job. was one of my favorite Marvel movies. Yeah, I agree. Um, I actually I didn't throw this in for the news this week. I just saw it this morning, but Chris Hemsworth um, was tweeting out that uh, he just finished reading the script for Love and Thunder, and he said he he likes it way more than uh, Ragnarok. So really, yeah, he was like, I he was like, I'm more excited about this than I was about Ragnarok, and he said that should that should say something because Ragnarok was fucking crazy good. Yeah, that has me really excited. I've, I'm a big fan of Taika, like. Like, fuck, he's good. Like, did you ever watch Jojo Rabbit? I didn't. I've I've been meaning to, but I just haven't got around to it. It was such a, like, unique and, like, serious yet funny movie. And, like, you'd think a movie about, like, you know, the Hitler youth wouldn't be something that you'd be, like, clamoring to see. But it was so, so good. Yeah, that's what I've heard is, like, the premise is, like, this ridiculous thing that, like, on face value... If you were to explain that to me, I'd be like, Tyler, what the fuck are you talking about? Why would I watch that? Yeah, no, but it was so right. good. And like what we do in the shadows was an amazing movie. And that TV series that they do on FX is also fantastic. Like I've heard that from a lot of people, which makes me really want to check out that. Just all that what we do in the shadows stuff. Oh, I've so heard, good. So I've heard good. that from so many people. Um, well, yeah. I'm a big fan. Yeah. So. Yeah, there's really not much more to the story other than, hey, a lot of, uh, well, I guess, I haven't really heard of people outside of House of Mouse uh, using this technology, at least that I've seen, so, but it seems like, like in House... Like the future? Yeah, like, I bet it is. Uh, well, I mean, Disney's been using it for how long? And a bunch of their shit. Like, all the live-action Disney movies, um, like Lion King and the Jungle Book, used it to render the whole, basically the whole movie right yeah um the mandalorian uses it some of the star wars um movies i think have used it in pieces so i, I bet this like i bet in a couple of years unless you're like some indie filmmaker you're not using a green screen i bet yeah like because and seeing it in the mandalorian and um the Jungle Book and stuff like that. It looks really good. And it, it if it cuts your time down so much, like I, I bet it's the future. I bet major studios don't use green screens a couple years from now. But I can see this, that. Right? 
So. I could definitely see that. So yeah, not really much else for this story other than I think I think this tech is super cool, and I like that people are using it. Cause that's I'm weird and like obscure tech like this. Fair enough. What's got me fucking uber excited though is that we're getting another Tiger King series, but this time we finally get the great Nicolas Cage as Joe Exotic. Yeah, and we talked about this whenever we talked about the, that other one with uh, oh god, I can't remember her name. Yeah, playing Carol Baskins. Yeah, and yeah, that it, one did not interest me. It's like I don't want to see a story about Carol Baskin. I like I don't care about no. her. I do <laughs> want to see a Joe Exotic movie. And when, like, the original show came out on Netflix, everyone was like, Nick Cage, Nick Cage. And I was like, you know what? I'm totally on board for that. And now we have it. And it's at Amazon. Yeah, even fucking better. Yep. So I, like, I think when we talked about that first one, it was, like, it had been announced that Nick Cage was doing one, but it didn't seem like it was, it didn't have a home anywhere. Mm -hmm. Now it does. And... Yeah, I'm I'm on board with this, especially with with the Amazon um, money and the content they've been doing. I think it's it's going to get a good budget, and it can be it can tell this really fucked up dark story. Yeah, well, and like I don't know if you saw, but it's it's going to be written and showrun by the guy who did American Vandal, which was I saw like that, which kind of makes the, me happy. Yeah, one of the best Netflix fucking shows out there. Like that was amazing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and I think that's good because I, those writers and showrunners know um, what makes a good ridiculous docu series because they spoofed all of Netflix docu series, right? Um, yeah. In such a way that I remember hearing some people being like, "What? This isn't a real story," um, and it was like, "No, it, it's they're totally just shitting on it." Um, yeah, I knew I knew someone who watched that, and by the time they got to the end, they finally were like, "Oh, this isn't real." But like <laughs> leading all the way through, almost to the very end of the first season, they genuinely thought it was like a real documentary. So like, you need that kind of moxie when doing yeah. something like this. I think. Yeah, just because of how outlandish that whole Tiger King story was, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, this is cool. I'm on board for this. I. Uh... Oh, I'm so excited. I think Nicolas Cage is the perfect amount of fucking crazy to play uh, Joe Exotic. Oh, absolutely. I can't think of anyone I'd rather have. Yeah, to be honest. Um, yeah. I'm thinking back to that documentary series and what is it when he's fucking running for the fucking being the president and he, he's got, he makes some spiel about never wearing a suit or something like that and that he's fucking broke. And I'm just imagining that as a Nicolas Cage monologue and it's making me smile. <laughs> yeah, it's going to it's going to be so good. So Yeah, I'm 100% on board with this. This is cool. Mhm. And then Ben Affleck has got some kind of COVID lawsuit happening. So there's this one was a weird one and I wasn't going to put it in but then I kind of found it interesting. Um, so the producers of an, um, of one of Ben Affleck's upcoming movies, um, they filed a lawsuit with their insurance company, um, because they're apparently their insurance policy isn't covering throughout a bunch of the pandemic. 
So like to help like recoup some costs of like not being able to make this movie, um, but still having to pay for people and stuff like that. Hmm. And yeah, so it, I don't know. It just seemed uh, like for me, it was kind of interesting that like we're starting to see like the deeper effects of that. I guess people wouldn't think about right. Like that. Hey, even if a movie shut down, it's still costing studios and people shit tons of money. Um, that they can't because they're not making them right so yeah so yeah it's there's really not a whole lot to this one i just found it interesting that like oh here's some deeper effects of like insurance not covering pandemic in the film industry so yeah yeah so it says like it 58 million in case affleck or rodriguez got sick or died and that insurance policy expires on the 28th. And now insurance companies are saying, yeah, we're not offering this kind of insurance. So I guess yeah. they don't expect to finish it, but they can't get insurance to make sure that everything They're, is covered if something does happen. Yeah. So that's like, that's the weird thing is like the insurance company was like, oh yeah, we were offering this, but now we're not. Yeah. Because, hey, maybe this is going to last longer. <laughs> And uh, the claims will pile up, right? So they're just like, yeah, we're not going to do that. Which, a typical insurance company. but Yeah. No shock yeah, there. No. Um, yeah. I just found it interesting that, because it's just kind of a niche business thing, I guess, and I'm always fascinated by this stuff, but... Yeah, the behind the scenes coming and goings. Yeah, so it's not really a whole lot other to that other than, yeah. That sucks. Insurance companies suck. Yes, they do. So. Well, in other news, Adventures of Superman, the original radio series, is going to be revived. Fuck yeah. Which is kind of interesting. I mean, like, that was before my time. Yeah. Way before my time. But oh, yeah. 40s and 50s. Yeah. Um, but to hear, like, the Superman story as, like, a yeah. radio show, like, that's, yeah. I, I feel like that's kind of cool. I feel, I feel like that's fucking rad, and I totally want this. Um, that and they got, like, to, like, redo it. They have, like, it's quite the cast. Like, Jason yeah. Alexander and yeah. Terry Crews. Jason Isaacs. Yeah. Yeah. Like Eric it's, McCormick. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, that's, it's quite a list of people that are all involved with that. So, like, I think this is... You don't really see this happening, like, no. in this day and age, right? Like, no. in the golden area era of spotify and podcasts to like redo the original superman radio stories like i'm curious yeah me too i think this is really fucking cool um and i think if they do it right it could uh totally do uh awesomeness like here's here's a weekly podcast style episode of the adventures of superman mm-hmm. I, which I is think... something i i honestly might be inclined to like become a subscriber of yeah me too me too. I think, um, yeah, me too. I think this is really cool. And I talk about something that I never thought would, uh, would have even thunk of happening. Turns out, yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, this is cool. Yeah. In other news, apparently people are getting a little upset about rumors of John Cena playing the Sandman in the next Spider Man. Oh, really? Why are they upset about that? They just don't like him as Sandman? 
No, they're like they're pretty okay with John Cena, like as Sandman, but they oh. just think Sandman is just like a terrible villain to have for the third Marvel movie. Oh. Okay. I mean, that's not the villain I would want. Um, but I don't think it's that terrible. Yeah, I yeah, like I don't know, like a bunch of people are saying like the bad guys so far like have been like the vulture and Mysterio, and like although yeah. Sandman is a significant villain in the Spider-Man movies, specifically in Sam Raimi's Spider-Man three, like it says here. And like what's weird to me about this is like it kind of all signs pointed towards them kind of um, building around like the Sinister Six as kind of being the villains, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I I don't my Spider-Man comic knowledge isn't isn't as current as it should be. I don't know if the Sandman was in that group or not. He was in the Raimi trilogy. Yeah, I remember that. I I don't remember if he's like uh if he's been like a core sinister 6 guy or not. I don't I don't think he has been. So this is weird. Yeah, I'm not I, sure. I totally thought they were going that road where they're like slowly introducing cuz they have, right? With like Vulture and Mysterio and and all of that shit. Um Yeah, I like know. I have to like skim through the article again, but they're just saying like it's a bad fit and they're not sure how you would play this into the storyline and stuff like that because he's like, I don't know, like a villain whose like origin kind of happens alongside the origin of Spider-Man and we're kind of pretty far removed from that point. And the last Spider-Man ended with Spider-Man being like revealed to the whole world. Yeah. So like that's why they're saying like, Craven would be a much better yeah villain to have in this show and then to do the spin-off yeah. right like someone who yeah. now knows his identity and is trying to hunt Spider-Man yeah, yeah 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 that would make sense to me and i mean this is rumored too right so it's yeah yeah i don't know like it doesn't make sense to me no and they're also saying like Sandman was like an original villain but he's not like a big villain no. like if you're going to go back and reach to like old Spider-Man with the original villains, like actually doing Doc Ock or Green Goblin justice would be far better choices than the Sandman. So yeah. 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 I don't know. Yeah. I don't have a whole much on that. I've just, I've seen it popping up that John Cena Mm -hmm. was throwing spoilers out that he was going to play Sandman. And a lot of people are going like that just doesn't fit well for the next Spider-Man movie given where we've come from, where yeah. they are, and like a, a pseudo vision of where they want the franchise to go. Sandman just seems like a terrible pick given the plethora of Spider Man villains that could be introduced. Yeah, it does. Um, yeah, I'd be curious if this, if this actually gets confirmed or not, or what, it, what happens with this. Yeah, I guess we'll have to, it's not, yeah, we'll have to wait for official confirmation because so far yeah. it's just John Cena tweeting out hype machine stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, I just thought it was interesting because I I briefly read over the article and I was like, you know what? I agree. Like, I like John Cena and I'm sure he would be an amazing Sandman, but like, yeah, he wouldn't be the villain that I would want to see. Like, given the fact that they're doing a Craven solo film, right? Yeah. To me, it would make more sense to introduce Craven and then give him a spinoff. But yeah. And who never got what's that? Uh, Go ahead. 
I was, I was gonna say we never got to see like a true Doc Ock. Like he was in, I think Sam Raimi's trilogy. Yep. But like very briefly, and like not in like a full capacity, like he wasn't like, you know, the genuine antagonist of the whole film. Well, he, yeah, he was in Spider Man Two, right? Um, for that Raimi trilogy. Yeah, but um, he but he wasn't like a main player, was he? Or am I just yeah. not remembering? No, you're totally not remembering right. He was oh. the main villain of that second one. Hmm. Yeah. Um but uh Yeah. Yeah, this is yeah. I've pretty I, much I, I forgot all... all of Raimi's trilogy after I watched the third one with emo Peter Parker. Oh, yeah, fair enough. I think that's when everyone uh everyone did. Because I, I still really like those first one and two Raimi Spider Man's. I think they're they're real good, um, but that third one is uh, not real good. So, yeah, I agree with this article as well. Yeah. In other news, we're getting a Doogie Hauser reboot. Yeah, I saw that. And why not? I I I've I don't blame them. I think it's a good idea. And like, I watched Doogie Hauser as a kid, and I found it entertaining. What I like, but it's it's not just a reboot. Like it's the same principle that they're gonna have a doctor named Doogie, who's like a young kid and a doctor and like a super genius. What I don't necessarily like, I would have liked to have seen them like reboot Doogie Hauser, but like still call him Doogie Hauser. But they're renaming the main character to Doogie Kamalahoha. What? Kamalioha. Oh. And it's going to be set in modern day Hawaii. Oh. Instead of LA. Which like I'm all I'm all for moving it to a different place and like doing it a little differently, but I I would have liked to have seen it still be called Doogie Hauser. Yeah, and it's uh it's following a girl this time. Mhm. So, yeah. Weird. So like it seems like they're totally reinventing this. Yeah. Huh. I mean, I got no stake in this. I never watched this as a kid, so. I think it'll be interesting. Like, I can't say I watched the entire uh, franchise when I was a kid. But, like, I mean, I did definitely watch, like, Doogie. And, like, you see all the memes that, like, you know, you get that weird, like, do-do-do-do-do-do beat. And he's typing in his diary. And, like, the black screen, like, looks like just one big terminal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So just thought it was interesting that, yeah. you know, they're like, all right, it's time for another Doogie, but we're going to move it to Hawaii. It's going to be a chick. Yeah. It's just going to have the same premise. And I just like, like, I don't feel slighted, but I feel like it should have had some callbacks to like, you know, oh, the yeah. original, the source mm-hmm. material. That's fair. But, but I feel like this is also right in line with what Disney's been doing, which is like redoing and kind of, kind of reinventing all of their their properties, you know, for the new age, right? So, yeah, but you know what? I would have liked to have seen them take a more Boy Meets World approach to it, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. instead of Doogie Hauser, you know, call it like I don't know some name with the Hauser last name, and have this be like you know, the kid or something. Yeah, have yeah. this like have Neil Patrick Harris involved, and he's the father, and obviously he was a boy genius. So have him now have. A daughter genius, right? Like, yeah. just like with Boy Meets World, like, Girl yeah. Meets World, it's Corey yeah. and Topanga. They're the original characters, but they're married, they have kids, and it centers around their daughter. And then you get the the callbacks and the flashbacks, like, when they bring in, like, Sean and Mr. Feeney and, like, members from the original, because then you captivate the new young audience who's, like, never seen this stuff. 
But then you get the older audience who's nostalgic and love the original that are going to want to sit down and watch it with their family because they'll get enjoyment out of it too. Yeah, that is true. I I think that would have been the better approach too, but I mean, I also don't know how big the audience for Doogie Hauser was. Well, I mean, we, we don't know what happens behind the scenes. Maybe that was the original plan and they went to Neil Patrick Harris and he was like, nah, I'm going to pass. Yeah, who knows, right? But, yeah. yeah. Interesting, nonetheless. This is true. Yes. And tell me about this freaky trailer. So I haven't watched the trailer yet. I just read the synopsis, but I'm already like super into it. Yeah, it's it's got a like, cool premise. Yeah, like well, I'm when I was a kid, like Freaky Friday, mm-hmm. you know, like, and I also like kind of liken it to like the Parent Trap. Yep. Where you know yep. you just swap bodies or like you pretend to be someone else. So this is like a oh, completely yeah. different take where. You know, the body of two people get swapped, except the the two people that are getting swapped is like a high school girl, which is bodies with a serial killer. Yeah, I think this is cool. And like Vince Vaughn is the serial killer. So like he's, you know, he has in the past, but I mean, Vince Vaughn is pretty much known for his like comedy and romantic comedy kind of role. So it'll be interesting to see if this is, it's done by Bloomhouse. So I imagine it's going to be a horror movie with some comedic aspects as opposed to a comedy with horror aspects. Yeah, that's what they're saying. Like they're kind of pitching this as a horror comedy kind of thing. So Yeah. So like I'm I'm super, super intrigued about how this is gonna play out. Like I'm very, very interested. Yeah, me too. Me too. I uh I think this is a fun concept and I think Vince Vaughn is is a is a good person to do this. I think. Yeah, and it'd be nice to see him in some more, like, I don't know, serious type stuff. Yeah, yeah, it would be. Yeah, I'm I'm on board for this. This mm. sounds cool. Speaking of trailers, did you watch that Dune trailer? I did, yeah. What'd you think? I didn't know what to think. <laughs> like, I honestly watched the trailer and I was kind of, like, in the middle, like, I'm into it, but I'm not into it. Like, I just, I don't know. I didn't really, wasn't leaning in either direction. Yeah, I kind of, I had that feeling too, which was weird because the dude directing it is one of my favorite directors. So, like, I I think it'll be good and I'll watch it, but that trailer, I thought it would do more for me. Yeah, the, the marketing material out for it so far hasn't, you know, got me overly hyped about it. And I'll be completely honest, I never seen the original Dune. Me neither. So like I don't even like know what to expect or what the gist of the whole story is. Yeah, I have no idea what the fuck it is. From at least I think from what I've read, it's kinda like sci fi Game of Thrones almost. And it, this um, is and it's a Dune movie, right? Like I'm I didn't miss yeah, anything. It's, it's not a series. They're doing this as a film. Yeah, it's it's a two part movie, I believe. That tells the Dune story, I guess. Yeah, well, one day I'll go back and watch the original Dune, and then maybe that'll change my thoughts as to the new Dune trailer. But as of right Mm -hmm. now, I'm just kind of like planted in the middle where it's like, I don't know, it looks like a movie. Yeah, yeah, like I I thought it looked good enough, and like I'll watch it, but I wasn't like, oh my god. Yes. Yeah. Tell me about about Scream 5. Well, I mean, me with... I'm probably sure the majority of the population was like, okay, Scream 4, it's done, it's over with, no more Scream. Yeah. But nope, 
Hollywood, as always, is out of ideas, so we're getting to Scream 5. But surprisingly, Nev Campbell is coming back. And they got Courtney Cox to come back and David Arquette to come back. So yeah. I'm I'm curious. Like this yeah. is like the core of like the original Scream trilogy, right? And they're all yeah. coming back. So I wonder if they're kind of doing this in, you know, like a vein of the most recent Halloween reboot. Yeah, maybe. Where it's kind of bringing the older people back. Yeah. But I I don't know. Like I I'm super curious how this plays out because like did you watch have you finished the Scream? quadrilogy i don't know what you'd call it i've not no so like the fourth one ended with like they find out that like all of the previous screams were just guys that this one dude convinced to don the mask and kill people and this one guy is i can't remember his name in the show but he's like a a fairly big shot hollywood producer and he's actually sydney prescott who's nev campbell he's her um half brother oh that like her dad knocked up his mom and then kind of like left her and abandoned her and like shunned her forever so he was like raised by the mom and like her dad his dad is sydney's dad or maybe it's vice versa they share a parent but the parent basically like shunned them and it was like didn't want any part of them and at one point he reached out and was like hey i'm your son and the parent was kind of like yeah i don't have a son like get the fuck out of here Oh. And then he saw that, you know, Nev Campbell's character got all the love and had the happy childhood upbringing and stuff. So he spawns this plot to like murder and terrorize Sydney and like her current family and stuff. And he just wouldn't do it himself for some reason. So he like, oh. he's kind of got that like culty persona where he can like, you know, he's charismatic and can convince people. So he like gets. You know, in the first one, her boyfriend and one of her friends don the mask and do the murdering and he gets someone else to do it in the second one and so on in the third one. And then the fourth one is like the big reveal where it's like he's behind all of this and then he goes to kill her, but she ends up killing him and he dies. So like, I have no idea how or what they're doing with this fifth one, because it felt like in the fourth one, you finally see all the puzzle pieces like who's behind everything. It's him. He's the mastermind. He's yeah, the cause, he's the reason, and then he gets killed. So, like... Yeah, like, the, it seeming like they kind of wrapped everything up in four. Like, what are you yeah. going to do now kind of thing, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'd be curious. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'll be curious to know what this is, too. Like, especially, like, I, I don't remember watching Scream 4. Like, I remember watching, I think, the, the original ones. But, God, it would have been so long ago. But... I'd be curious what this looks like. Yeah. So I'm, I'm I'm intrigued how they try and like wrap this into the other four storyline or like how they come up with a completely new storyline. Yeah, me too. And you got to think like, obviously there's an idea for it. Um, but yeah, I'd be curious how they loop it back after seemingly wrapping it up. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Weird. Yes. I didn't think we'd get another Scream movie, I'm not going to lie. No, it was like, list of things that Hollywood would reboot or like do add-ons for, Scream was not one of them. No, I thought that it was just kind of, they buried it in the closet and, you know, maybe in a few years they'll reboot it, but I... Well, I mean, you know what this means, right? Like, we've had the reboot 
not reboot, but like, I don't know. The last Halloween was kind of a reboot, but still in that original universe, yeah. but not linked to like the two reboots before it, but was linked to the original trilogy. Yeah. And then like now we're getting Scream. So, I mean, I imagine we're not far off from another Friday the 13th and another... Um... Freddy Krueger? Yep. Yep. Yeah, probably not. Which, I mean, if they're done well, sure. I, well, I, like I feel, we've come a long way as far as the yeah. horror genre goes, right? Like if you watch like Friday the 13th from the 80s versus like how you could put it together now, I feel like now it would be, you know, just with, you know, the acting, the technology, the special effects, like those older horror movies could be done so much better nowadays. Yeah, and I feel like um, like what those old horror movies are, like it's it, like it's almost like a feel like it's almost not even reboots or remakes like i just feel like it's like it's the freddy character right like it's like to me i just think that there's going to be the friday the 13th movies forever right because you can just always come back as it's just redoing that character right yeah for sure like it's almost like um peter pan right so many people do so many different takes on it right like that's kind of how I think of those old horror uh, kind of people. It's like, it's, hey, different people are just going to do different takes on it, right? Yeah, absolutely. So. Yep, yep. And then in, uh, in Tenant News, uh, Warner Brothers is being uh, real picky about the numbers um, for the box office in that they're not sharing them at all. Which yeah, that's is kind of un, which is kind of unheard of, um, and people are real pissed about this. Uh, not, like, audience people aren't, because um, whatever. But people that maybe use box office numbers are real upset about this, and I feel like this is because I bet those numbers aren't good. Yeah, I'm guessing they're probably not the greatest. But I mean, like, given the circumstances, I feel like it's understandable. Yeah, me too. Like, I feel like... Like, yeah, even if the numbers are bad, like, yeah, I get that you don't want to announce that your big budget Christopher Nolan movie did terrible at the box office, but at the same time, people probably weren't expecting it to, right? I, I didn't expect it to, like break any box office records i mean like had covid not been a thing yeah sure but yeah given the times we're in and like they're you know overseas rollout first and then into canada and then like a very slow release into the states where a lot of theaters are still shut down like i mean i'm happy that it did release because i did want to watch it but i yeah given the circumstances did not anticipate or expect it to yeah, you know, the box office. The box office. Shit, yeah, yeah, which makes sense. But it's just it's weird that they're that they're not releasing the numbers. And I think it actually kind of sucks too, especially if you know maybe some other studios are like, uh, should we maybe release a movie? Like, what could yeah, we let's... reason? What could we reasonably expect to make off of it? You know, and like the one person that's doing it that could maybe give another studio a sense of like, hey, is it even financially worth it to? to put this out they're not even giving anyone that information yeah. right so i feel like it's not good for anyone because 
you know, if you're a, a universal, you might look at this and go, okay, well, we got a movie in the pipeline um, that maybe we don't need it to make a whole lot of money. Um, and we could kind of go, okay, well, what did Tenet make? And maybe we'll make one fifth of that, you know, but they can't even get that. Yeah. And yeah. this, I feel like, ties into Wonder Woman getting delayed again, too. Like, because this story came out pretty much right around the same time. And from what I saw when I saw the that Warner Brothers wasn't sharing any of this data, a lot of people, like a lot of uh, industry analysts and stuff like that, took the two together and said, okay, that's why they're not sharing the numbers. It's because they're not, they're, good. Not, they're not good. And that's also why Wonder Woman got pushed again is because they're just like, no, we can't, we can't release something and have it now make good money. So we're just going to put, we're going to push. Who's right. the studio behind uh, Tenet? Was it WB? Yeah, it's WB. Okay, so like, well, WB is DC, right? And DC yep. is Wonder Woman. So, I yep. mean, like, maybe they're not publicly sharing the numbers, but obviously the numbers for Tenet, the, they're looking at those numbers and going, okay, we're we're pushing fucking Wonder Woman back. Yeah, because, and I, I bet if you take a Chris Nolan well, and Chris Nolan has done the Batman movie, so like I bet his movies would pull in roughly the same amount of money as a Wonder Woman movie would. For so sure. I bet they they looked at that and went like, "We can't open Wonder Woman with those numbers. We just can't." Yeah. Um, so I, I feel like that's exactly why Wonder Woman got delayed again is because they were like, "Well, shit, maybe we should have pushed Tenant." Um. But yeah. Yeah, so I, I like it. Just makes me wonder, like, how many more are gonna start following suit real soon here? Yeah, yeah, me too. Like, I, yeah, I feel like we're still just. It, it's still gonna be a case of we're just gonna get a bunch of shit pushed. Like, I, I have a feeling that's what it's gonna be. Is studios are just gonna go, yep, push it again. Like, you yeah, might have yeah. w- one or two big ones where they're like, okay, we need some cash coming in, so we'll you know release this or something but yeah yeah for sure well and like fuck, wonder woman has been pushed what three times now yeah but uh, mind you from... tenant was pushed like two or three times yeah so <sighs> of, yeah and like this is the time we need movies There's yeah not a whole lot else going on no and it's like you think of like tentpole summers like summers when all the movies come out i haven't seen a single i didn't see a single movie this summer what the fuck yeah i I saw a couple though i like i did see harley quinn birds of prey i did go see tenet and i did go see uh, new mutants true but like compared to like my last summer like my last summer i probably saw like 35 yeah yeah, I definitely did not see nearly as many as I typically do given a summer blockbuster season. Yeah, like a normal summer blockbuster season, like me and a buddy are watching like sometimes upwards to two or three a weekend, um, depending on what's out. So, well, yeah. like t- typically when I like, cause I'm back uh, back in school now, but like my for the longest time, my Friday routine was get out of class and then catch a four thirty matinee of a movie. And that was a weekly thing. So yep. I would go see a new movie every single week on Friday after class in the afternoon. And like, I mean, granted, I've only been back out here for two weeks now, but mm-hmm. the movies that are playing at all three theaters nearby have not changed in like 
the two weeks I've been back. No, and it's I've, it's, it's it, still just Tenet, New Mutants, and Unhinged. That's it. Yeah, and I feel like that's going to be the lineup for a few more weeks. Oh, so brutal. Yeah, so it's yeah, it's weird fucking times for the movie industry. That's for sure. Yeah, and, not good times. No, and I. Yeah, I I think Warner Brothers not sharing this data fucking sucks. Um, yeah, but, it, you know, like, on one hand, it could be like, okay, well, they're not sharing data, and a bunch of movie theaters are like, okay, well, we're going to keep pushing and delaying, but maybe we'll get lucky, and, like, some people, the companies will be like, well, they're not releasing data, so I'm assuming it's not super great, but that doesn't mean it's super bad. Like, maybe we can be the one that changes it. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I doubt it, but... I'm going to yeah. try and remain hopeful. Yeah, fair enough. So, Yeah. Yeah, I think that's all we got for movie news this week. Uh, oh, shit, there was one I didn't put in. A real minor one. Because um, that DC fandom event was this weekend. Mm-hmm. They did briefly talk about the Flash movie, and they didn't announce too much more, other than they basically said that because um, Keaton and Ben Affleck are going to be in that. Yeah. Uh, apparently they're going to have a bunch more other characters from movies in there, they said, and it's going to kind of be the soft reboot of, like, the DC universe. Really? Yeah. So they kind of explained it in the vein of, like, how um, those new Star Trek movies kind of rebooted everything without getting rid of what came before it. Okay, yeah, yeah. So it seems like they're kind of going to be going that route where it's like, hey, here's what the new DC universe is, but here's also why we still have Keaton's Batman as, I guess, obligatory canon. So, Hmm. Uh, I was intrigued from the get-go, but I'm, like, even more intrigued now. Yeah, me too. Especially because they said they're going to have, like, other characters. So, like, I, I'm curious who, who pops up in that fucking movie. Because um, it sounds like maybe quite a bit more people will. Hopefully. I'm, like... Uh, the Flash was never uh, a go-to... DC comic book character for me and like honestly like I wouldn't be in a rush to see a Flash standalone movie if it weren't for the fact that they're talking about like a multiverse and bringing in all these characters from all over the place and multiple Batmans like yeah now I'm I'm on the fucking hype train yeah me too so but yeah I don't think they released too much else about it but I just I forgot about that because I read it like right before we started and forgot to add it but yeah Interesting, but other than that, I got I got no more news. No, me neither. So perhaps we should switch gears over to the exciting things we consumed in the last week. Yes, tell me what you've been watching. Big Brother, obviously. Okay, so how's Big Brother? I assume you've given up on it now. I I have full intentions to get back to it at some point. I just haven't. So it's been a bit of a bummer for me because my two favorites, Kesar and Janelle. Are they they were targeted from like the fucking beginning, and yeah, yeah they're I remember both, that. Yeah, they're both gone now, so that was super, oh, super duper disappointing for me. But it's starting to get real interesting because some of the house guests are like, I don't know, becoming crybabies. Like, I don't want to be here, and like, oh, just really? Me out, yeah. And it's like reminiscent oh, of what I why shit. I hated the last season of Canadian Big Brother. Like in particular, Tyler's just like, I don't know, my head's not in it. I'm like losing weight. I'm not eating. I'm tired. Like, I just don't want to be here. And it's like, wow, man, like 
you got to be on an all-star season like you you're getting paid to be there first and foremost and you yeah. have a shot at you know a ton of fucking money like yeah and you're suck it up bitching, bitching yeah. and complaining just yeah. fucking suck it up yeah but, that... like it's it's been getting more and more drama filled though because like more people oh, okay. are starting to like clue into like who the snakes are oh yeah and yeah. when caser did is a his eviction speech, like after they nominated him out as he was walking out the door, he's like, Oh, by the way, like these people are in an alliance and these people oh. are in another alliance and so these people are running the house. And it just like shook everything up. So he walked out, walked at the door and just dumped a bag of wrenches into the, into the house oh, yeah. on his way out. He, That's awesome. He, he dropped a bomb on his way out the door for sure. So like that got everything stirred up, but like, yeah, it's been interesting. And like, I don't watch the, like I used to watch the fees. I just, I don't have the time anymore. Yeah, but like I subscribe to some like uh, Twitter accounts that like tweet Summer out highlights highlights yeah. of different things that are happening. And I guess there's like so one of the returning all stars is Ian, and he he has autism. Oh yeah, I remember that guy. Yeah, I like yeah. him when I was watching it. Yeah, he he was honestly my favorite player of the season. He was on, and like he, Kesar Janelle and Ian were the three that like once I saw they were in the house. Those were the three I was like rooting for. So like Ian like has a a coping mechanism I guess where he like rocks back and forth. Oh yeah, I remember like, seeing he, that. He's always done it. Yeah. Well, I guess one night Memphis, who I fucking pretty much disliked since day one, him and Nicole and another house guest started mocking him for like pr- like mimicking his rocking back and forth and oh, really? cracking jokes. Yeah, and apparently it became quite a big deal in the house and they all got oh, like yeah. lectures in the diary room and Nicole, I could see that. Yeah. Nicole, who's one big brother in the past, her and Ian are the only two all-stars in this season who've actually won the game previous. Right. She doesn't have like a normal job. Like her job and her title card is like social media influencer. And she okay, does a yeah. bunch of like brand deals. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I guess this all came out on the feeds and then everyone started getting in an uproar that like, you know, they were making fun of someone who has autism yeah. So it's just been a nonstop tweet storm where you see all these brands that were previously partnered with her just are now her. dropping her like a hot potato. Well, I mean, as they should. Yeah. Well, and it's just interesting because like the one of the bigger brands, I can't remember, but they do. They're a wine company. Okay. She's, yep. She's getting married sometime in the next year, and this company agreed to sponsor her wedding. So they're like paying for a portion of it, and they're supplying all the wine for her destination wedding and now they aren't and yeah they announced on twitter they're like yep we're not doing it anymore so she's in the house and she has no idea that she's lost all these sponsorships that's even more amazing to be honest but i guess they had a they got a talking to in the diary room where they're like hey you need to stop you know what you're doing is not right you gotta knock the shit shit off so then like i saw another clip where like she was talking to i think her no she's talking to danny and she was like waiting for her or her moment to go in the diary room and get the talking to because Memphis had his talking to and Danny had his or hers. So Danny was telling her like, you know, you're next, like you're going to be the next one in there. And you know, this is kind of what they're going to tell you. And then she just like started getting really upset and she's like, what? They're like, are they going to air this stuff? Like, do they think we're being mean people? Like, I don't want the world to think that I'm a mean person. And I'm just like watching this clip going like, you are a mean person, though. Yeah. You were, and you were making fun of Ian for having autism. Like, that's a yeah. fucking douchey thing to do. 
yeah you're a piece of shit like so there's a new episode of big brother on tonight and i'm like dying because there's rumors like they're gonna show clips of it or they're not because like so many people watch the live feeds that this is completely all out in the open so it's a matter of whether big brother is gonna yeah do something or not because there's no fucking way they're not gonna show it i i hope they do but i mean you never know but like they this season has been a real big platform for everyone in the house to like share their views on like black lives matters and like they're actually showing clips from like house guests where they discuss you know how we need to be a better country and how people need to be better to each other we need to end racism we need to end this like it's become a very they're letting everyone like air on television not just on the live feeds their like political stances on things so I'm really uh, hoping okay. that they do, but I mean, yeah, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. It's I, I'm dying. Like I can't wait to watch tonight's episode because I, I, I hope that it hits the national television and not just the live feeds. Yeah, yeah, that would be nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been meaning to catch up, and like, it's just a matter of thing where it's like I just need to like throw it on um, while I'm doing something to to catch up on it, and I yeah. just haven't got around to do that. Um, because I, cause I do want to keep up on it because I thought there was some good stuff in what I watched. So, hmm. Yeah, so that's my, that's my Big Brother brief update here. But I also started watching The Vow. So what is this? So it's an HBO documentary series, which like I feel like already means it's going to be awesome. Yes, okay, you've got my like full attention now. Because HBO crushes it on their docuseries. Yes. So this one is about uh, Nixium. Oh, oh, that one. Oh, shit. That, that yeah, where like yeah. it was spelled like NVXM or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so. The, that girl from Smallville was in that cult. Yeah, Allison Mack. Yeah. Yeah, so it like, there's only three episodes out right now. It's like a weekly oh, thing. Okay. But like it, it follows, uh, this one guy's name's Mark can't remember his last name, but he was the one who wrote and directed the documentary, What the Bleep Do We Know? Okay, yeah. So he ends up, like, stumbling across this, like, Nixium group uh, shortly after he released that movie, which is, like, a decade ago. Right. And then he joins, and then he ends up kind of, like, getting brought in by this other girl, Sarah Richmondson, who's, like, trying to be an actor. Like, they show a bunch of clips of, like, little you know, one-liners she had in stuff in like television shows and movies and whatnot. Wasn't like a full-fledged, like, you know, A-list, but like she was, you know, had a bunch of minor roles in Hollywood. So they join and they kind of like introduce their other Hollywood friends. And that's kind of how Nixium gets their like footholding in the entertainment industry. And then you see some of the bigger players like Allison Mack joins and yeah. for a period of time, Kristen Kreak, also of Smallville fame, she joins. And That's right. Yeah, yeah. And it just kind of like goes through like the rising through the ranks that Mark has because they have like different levels where you get a sash and with each sash you earn three stripes and then you move on to the next sash and you become like a proctor and a master and da 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 and you teach courses. So like it breaks down like the whole structure of that organization, what they believe in and okay. And, and at first it just seems like a, a self-help kind of club. Oh, that's how they all seem at first. Yeah, and it's not until, like, episode three is when they really start to dive into it, how, like, as this organization grows, 
it all stemmed from like a couple of different like self-help courses, like how to be the better you kind of shit. And then as this organization grows and gets more members, people who've been there for a long time, like Mark, they go, okay, Mark, we want this new subgroup where you're, it's going to be like men only and how men can better themselves. And Sarah, we want you to run this group where it's like, you run a group of girls where it's like on this side is like only for girls to be a part of and how to be a better woman and blah, blah, blah. And like how the organization fractures into all these like little subgroups and sub programs. And then eventually Allison Mack, who at some point I guess gets delusioned and becomes in love with uh, Keith Rainier, who's the guy who started this whole thing. Yep. They create like an even a newer subgroup. I can't remember. I think it's, can't remember what they call this subgroup, like SOPA or something like that. But basically, like, you're a woman and you get a pod of six people. Right. And those six people are considered your slaves. You're the master and these six people are are your slaves. Yeah. And each one of these slaves can start their own pod with six members. So they'll be master to six slaves and so on and so forth down the, down the rung. Yep. And uh, when you join this, like it's for women only and it's super secret and like it's all these weird things you have to do. But one of the things you have to do is you have to get branded. Yeah. And they with tell you fucking cow iron or something like that. Uh, like a cauterizing gun uh, is yeah. what they use. But they're like, oh, everyone gets this brand. It's like a sorority sister tattoo. And it's like these lines and like this line means the earth and this line means mountains. And then these squiggly lines mean the ocean. And it's like earth, wind and blah, 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 and, like, it's unity, and then the one girl, Sarah, who's, like, a big part of this documentary being interviewed, one day kind of realizes, like, oh, shit, if you look at it, it's actually the initials AM, Allison Mack. And if you look at this tattoo sideways, it's actually the initials Keith, like, KV, like, Keith Berenes, or whatever his last name is. And And then she's starting to, like, realize that, hey, this is super fucked up. Yeah. You shouldn't be branded as fucking slaves. Yeah, and there's like all sorts of weird shit you have to do like when you join this super secret ladies only thing like you have to give a vow to your master that you'll be, you know, true and like this vow is supposed to be up upheld above everything else including like your family and your friends and your life like this vow is the most important thing and to prove that you're serious about this vow you have to give them collateral which is like you know, you talk on recorded video about like some serious, like dark secrets or shit, or you like yeah. give them nude pictures or whatever. Yeah. And then it becomes like every month to make sure you're maintaining your vow, you have to give them more personal collateral. And oh, yeah, she yeah. tries to get out of this whole thing and it just goes fucking sideways real quick. And I don't know, you have to watch. There's three episodes out so far. I think the fourth one comes out tonight. I think it's. It's either every Sunday or every Thursday, but I don't recall. But holy yeah. shit, man. Like, yeah, I'll I, check like, it I'm out. Sh- I'm sure you remember seeing the headlines, you know, oh, yeah. like sex cult. Yep. You yeah, know, I remember reading going about Going to trial, headed by Allison Mack. Yeah, I remember like, reading into it a bunch when it came out. So, yeah, but this is all like the behind the scenes stuff that you didn't know, where like it genuinely did start out as like, I mean, sure, it had like culty elements to it, but for the most part, it started out like a normal you know, place for you to go and be a group and like better yourself. Like granted you still had to pay money into it, but like you didn't have any real commitments beyond that. And then like to see where it ended up a decade later, where like you have to give up 
personal information and like how it shifted from an organization to a cult. Like it's fascinating. Yeah. I'll, I really want to check that out. I'll probably wait till they're all out. Cause that's usually what I like to do with docuseries because it's like, I want to watch the next one. Yeah. Um, well, I, I saw it on Crave and I was like, Oh, I am interested about Nixium. So I clicked it and then it just stopped after three episodes and I was like, what the fuck? And then I realized that it was brand new and weekly episodes. So oh, yeah. I was kind of stuck at that point. That, I don't know. Maybe I'll check that out sooner though. Cause I, I fucking love those documentary series. So who knows? Mm-hmm. maybe I won't be able to hold back, but yeah, it's been real good so far. And then when I ran out of <clears throat> episodes of the vow to watch, I was like, okay, let's, let's uh, check out the Watchmen. So oh, yeah, I'm three deep on that, and I'm oh, okay. I don't know I don't know how I feel about it yet. It's a weird show. It is like, yeah. and I understand that it's like in the universe is like the Watchmen comics, but it's not yeah. like really based off them. It's kind of its own thing. Like I don't know, like the it, stories it ties in, into it, but it's don't yeah, it's weird. Yeah, so like I'm not like I'm loving the fucking the music to it so far, but I mean oh, yeah. I'm a huge Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross, oh, yeah. yeah, fan. So anything those guys score as my thumbs up but so yeah i don't know it's like i expected more I, than what I, i've actually seen so far i will say the first because i think it's eight episodes um the first like four i was kind of like the same thing where i was like okay like this is done well enough but like uh, i don't know the last half of that season i felt like kind of really propelled that show like i think that's when it starts to kind of figure out what that's kind of when you figure out what the fuck it's doing Mm. right um so a couple more in my opinion should should probably change i i think so and like i feel like the back half of that season is when you start to see like um because i'm trying to think what um what happens in the first three and like i think the first three or four like it's a lot of setup and then I yeah. think the last three or four is kind of like when all that shit kind of maybe starts to come together and you kind of go, oh, this is what the fucking story is. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, and I feel like that was a handful of people kind of had the same thoughts that I did where it's like, hey, the the first half of the season, it really like isn't what the last half is. It's gotcha. weird. It's weird. Yeah. Okay. Well, I didn't. I don't. I didn't intend on giving up. I mean, I've committed into the first three, so I'm gonna finish it off. But I'm happy to know that it, because it's been kind of like hit and miss lately, or like yeah, yeah. as far as what I've seen. So it's it's nice to get some reassurance that it actually like you know picks up some real momentum. Yeah, because I was like you. Where it was kind of like some of the stuff I was really liking in the first few episodes, and then some of the stuff I was just like, what the fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I found at least um, that the latter half of that season, I was like, oh, okay, okay, this is where they're going with this. Um, so yeah. All right then. I'm all caught up on Raised by Wolves as well, which yes, I'm bit. still don't know how I feel about that. Like I'm intrigued and I'm interested. Yeah. And some things are happening that have me drawn in where I want to know more. Yeah. yeah. But it's it's definitely a bizarre show. Like I mean, like yeah. I wouldn't put it near the top of the HBO shows. Like I I think it's nowhere near like Silicon Valley or True Detective or Game of Thrones. But it's 
it's good. It's interesting. And it's like, it's held my interest enough that like I'm, I've. You continued. still want to see what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm four deep and the new one comes out tonight. So I'll watch that too. Yeah. I'm, I'm real curious about this show. I really want to check it out and I might start to watch a few. It's, yeah. it's definitely unique. Like if yeah. you are into that Ridley Scott stuff, then White. it's right. It's right up your alley. Like it's it very reminiscent of like Prometheus to me. Yeah. And that's, like one thing I really like about Ridley Scott stuff is he he's a great world builder. Like his like kind of atmosphere and world, kind of like how he crafts that. Like I think has has always been really good, and this kind of seems like that. So, like more more of that, I guess. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, I'm I'm real curious just because it it looks weird as fuck, and I'm like it looks really nice, and I'm like I kind of want to check this out, see what this weird fucking Ridley Scott thing is. Mm -hmm. So. Hmm. So yeah, that's I, I don't have too much to say on it because I'm still kind of waiting for, I don't know. I don't know what I'm waiting for. <laughs> it's just, it's interesting. It's intriguing. It has my attention. It hasn't been revolutionary or mind altering yet. It hasn't hit me with a, oh God, I can't wait for the next one moment yet. But yeah. it's been steadily, you know, giving you a little bit more and a little bit more to like keep you following that trail. So yeah. I vote that after you're done with the Watchmen, you finally finish the leftovers. Yes, that that one is in my is in my queue right now. So I still stand by my very strong statements in the show. It's definitely on my list. I think I was actually going to watch that before I started in on the vow because I started in on Raised by Wolves last week when my friend was here and he wanted right. to see it. Right and. I caught up on all the episodes and I actually, I'm pretty confident if I remember correctly the other day, I went in to start watching the leftovers and then you, and I and saw, then you saw sex cult and you were like, I'm in. Yeah. And I think I just got distracted. Yeah. Fair enough. That's fair. I, to be honest, I, I would get sidetracked by a, a good docu-series like that too. I love a good docu-series. Yeah, me too. So I see you. What you're finally done season two of American Horror Story? Yep. Yeah, I finished it yesterday. And that was Asylum, right? Yes. Yes, I I like that season as well. Yeah, it's really good. I actually think it's better. It might be a little bit better in the first season. Mm, I don't necessarily agree. I still think Murder House was one of the best seasons. But that's just my opinion. But yeah, I, I I did thoroughly enjoy Asylum. Yeah, and like it might maybe it's not better than the first season, but it might be like right on par with it. Um, because I did really like Asylum. Um, th that season went some fucking places. Holy shit! Yeah, it was all over the map, eh? Yeah, which, like, for the most part, I I really liked it. And I think my only complaint with that Asylum season is it almost had too many stories, um, happening. Or it was like it seemed like they had so many stories where it was just like, okay, wait, like, what one is this one? And then like, it, yeah, yeah, that that's was fair. really my only complaint. But like, yeah, other than that, like, uh, the people were really solid as well. Um, like it's now kind of seeing how they're bringing back people and using people is really cool to see. Um, mm -hmm. And. Yeah, it, it was also super weird, like, the fucking big focus on aliens for some fucking reason. Yeah, I don't really know why, but... Yeah, me neither. Because aliens aren't really referenced in 
any other season going forward. Yeah, and it seemed like almost at the end, like that's how they ended up wrapping, like kind of tying up the season is like with some of that alien storyline. And like, mm-hmm. I remember like finishing the episode and I was kind of thinking to myself, I was like, if you took all of that alien stuff out of that whole season, I, I actually don't think the season would have changed. Um, like it almost didn't need to be there. Um, yeah, it but, was an interesting choice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, like I'm, I'm still really into it. Um, well, it's, it's cool because like now that you've got two seasons behind you going forward, you'll start to see them call back to the previous seasons, especially like, so the next season I believe is, um, Covenant, um, which is the witches. Yes. Yes, it is. And then the season after that is the circus one. And, uh, man, I can't remember her name. She's in, she's in, um, the second season. She's like the slightly deformed girl. I think they call her Dottie or Dodie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, in season four, when they go to Carnival, that takes place before Asylum. So you actually get to see that character oh. and like where she was before she was in the Sane Asylum. She was oh, a Carnival shit. freak show, oh, shit, side show cool. kind of thing. Yeah. So you'll like, now that you've got like a little bit of groundwork, you'll start to see as you progress, they'll do some callbacks. Like you'll see not just like the same actor, but you'll see the same character in other seasons and you're like this is where they were before that other season okay it's weird is, that they do that and also use the same actors but for oftentimes different characters like yeah so in season two um oh shit um scott mcdermott ends up playing the serial killer dude's uh kid that is yeah. also uh cutting fucking people's faces off and i was like oh shit i was like okay scott mcdermott's back i'm, I'm cool with this but I and I thought he was gonna come back. I just didn't know when. But I thought he would come back as his character um, from the first season in some form. But it no, turns out the, it was totally different. Yeah, that doesn't typically happen across a season. Like there'll be seasons where they'll, you know, play their new season characters, and then they'll like reference an older season oh, where okay. that actor you. will reprise their previous season role. Oh, uh, okay, it, okay, I got you. If that makes sense. Yeah, but they don't carry like a specific character. No. Into another season, they might just like do a callback. Yeah. And then that's where you'll see them play that character. Okay. Yeah. With the exception of, of Dottie or whatever her name is. Like, right, right. Her character in Asylum, that's the same actor and the same character in oh, okay. uh, Freak Show. Oh, okay. So it seems like maybe just for that carnival season, they're like, hey, yeah. this, this just fits. So we're going to do it. Yeah. Which that now that you're explaining that and that it's the carnival one and like her being deformed and all that, that totally makes sense that yeah. that would be that that season. Um Yeah, and then the they do other like other subtle callbacks where like you know, like one actor will he'll play a new character in a show and like in the new season, and then you'll kind of find out like towards the end, like, oh, this character in this season is actually related you know, is a descendant of this other character that this actor also played in a previous season. Oh, okay. So they kind so of play kinda, with, like, family storylines. Yeah. Kind of like family trees kind of thing. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Like, it's it's hard for me to recount all of it because it's been so long since I've seen the older seasons, but there there is a lot of, like, even though each season is a standalone season where all the actors and actresses come back and play new characters, those characters are often linked to other characters in other seasons like it it really is one giant universe 
Okay, I got you. So they're different storylines, but it all happens on the same Earth in the same oh, okay. universe, just different time periods and locations. Okay, yeah, I got you. Yeah, so I'm glad that you really enjoyed the first two because, unfortunately, in my personal opinion, Didn't Covenant like was not that great, and neither was Freak Show. Like they were good, oh, okay. but not nearly as good as the first two. Oh, okay. So you're okay. in for a little bit of a dip. Oh, okay. But then once you hit season five, which I think is Hotel, it starts oh, okay. to it starts to climb back up again. Yeah, and we'll see once I start watching it. Um, if it hits the same way as those first two did. Yeah, just don't give up because, like I yeah. said, like it oh, no, dips, I won't. but like every season after Hotel just, in my opinion, gets better and better and better. Yeah, I'm committed now. Like I'm, I'm on board with that show. Um, and especially after really liking that second season pretty much as much as the first season. Um, and man, that second season got real fucking dark in some places. Like the first season had some pretty dark shit in it, but that second season, fuck. Yeah, they don't hold anything back. No, like, and like, because uh, that first season, what is it? Uh, oh, the the dude Evan something. Evan Peters. Yes, his character. Like, they ended up. He was like a school shooter fucking thing. And I remember when they did that, I was like, oh shit, okay, they're going there. Yep. Um, and then like in season two, like they doubled down on like that Nazi doctor doing like real fucked up experiments and shit and. I was like, oh man, this this show is going some places. Yeah, yeah, no, they they don't give a fuck. They're gonna do what they <laughs> want to do. Yeah, no, and it's good. Like it's it's well done. Um, it's good. It's as someone who's never been super into horror, um, getting into this show has been kind of cool because like it's it's totally not my genre, um, and it never has been. But just like getting super into it and like really enjoying my time with it like it's cool Mm -hmm. so yeah no it's it's a very well well done show like i'm i can't wait for the next season yeah and it's like it's super well written too like like for the most part like there's not a whole lot of weak writing or anything like that and the nice part about them using kind of the same actors each season is just like they're all good actors so like they're good enough to play different characters and stuff. So yeah, like the, the acting quality doesn't change. Um, and th- like visually it, it like visually it, it's a very good looking show too. Um, like the cinematography is, is real nice. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm excited to stick with it. So yeah, I just can't wait till you get all the way up to fucking 1984. Yeah. That's really Such like a good season. That's really what my goal is. So, so yeah, that's American Horror Story. I still like it. I think it's still cool. So, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm curious to know if uh, if my thoughts on season three will be the same as yours. Yeah, I'm actually very curious myself. Because like, I, I I shouldn't say like I don't like none of these seasons are bad, right? But like just, it just yeah it like season three and four were not as good as season one and two in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, like, and you could be completely different. Like maybe season three is like, okay, like it's good, but it, I agree. It's not the best. But then maybe you watch season four, like the freak show one. And you're like, what is he talking about? This was an amazing season. Yeah. I'd be curious. Cause that, like, I have a feeling I'll like the, the witch one more than the carnival one, just cause like the Salem witch stuff. Like, like I've always like liked that kind of, Mm-hmm. stuff so 
maybe that one hits with me more. Who knows? But yeah. Yeah, I can't wait to hear what you think about the remaining seasons. Yeah. And that's really all I had done to watch this week, so yeah. no, that's fair. But that's all, right. all I got. That's all I got too. So I guess this is where we say goodbye. It is. All right. Well, I'll talk to you on the next one. Later.